Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode aired on my YouTube channel on the 9th of November 2020, and it's with Chelsea Joy Argenbright. I spoke to Chelsea about her nomadic lifestyle, and spoke to about her company Larrikin Travel, which is all about travel energetics. All that and much more. Hi Chelsea, how are you? Hey Chefs, good. How are you going today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on today. I believe you're in London. Yes, exactly. So I moved to London in February and I literally moved just as lockdown was happening. So it's been an interesting experience here, but it's um it's lovely. And in a lot of ways, it's been amazing because London. I get to experience London when it's a little less hectic and chaotic. So I'm actually really happy during this time <laughs> to experience it during this more uh, chilled out time. And where were you prior to moving to, to London? For the past seven years, I've been living in Australia. So I, I'm, I'm originally from California. Um, I grew up um, all over the world with my mom, but I was uh, born in California. And then I ended up going to Australia for seven years, uh, seven and a half years to do my master's. And I was in Melbourne, uh, Perth, and then Sydney. So I got to experience the whole array of, of Australia. It was lovely. You just mentioned there that you traveled a lot with your, with your mom as well. Uh, so what was that journey like then early on uh, before you moved to Australia? Yeah, so I, I've had a childhood that's unlike anyone else's that I've ever met, even army brats. Um, it's not the same kind of um, kind of moving mentality. So um, my mom was a bit of a nomad and she just loved traveling and she never wanted to settle down. She was very uh, what some people would call progressive in, in her thinking. And so she just said, um, look, you know, I want to travel the world. I don't want to, you know, have a traditional family. So, um, you know, her, my, my dad and her had separated and she said, okay, let's go off to Central America. So I was three years old and my mom bought a Westphalia camper van, um, like the kind with the pop-up top, which she can sleep in the top of. And um, yeah, for three years, we traveled through Central America and Mexico. So we were in, um, you know, Belize, Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, and um, yeah, all the way back up. So that's how I spent the beginning of my formative years. And then um, onward from that, we moved every about every six months to a year. At some points, we would stay in a place two, two and a half years, but we never stayed in a place longer than that um, since I was born. So I've had this constant, like this life of constant transition, constant, like new people, new environments, you know, and um, so, and, you know, I'm 31 years old now and I've carried that on my whole life so far. You know, I mean, your early years is more than what people will do in their lifetime in some respects, you know, so <laughs> it's yeah. amazing that, I, I guess, obviously, as you said there, your mother was a nomad and nomad is obviously a word that is used now, uh, but prior to that, it probably would have said, you know, this this lady, what is she doing? You know, moving her kid. Um, <laughs> yeah. place. But now if you did it, you know, it's not a problem, but society yeah. has changed. Um, 
with the years gone by, it's seen as, uh, in fact, I, I spoke to a, a family a couple of months ago and they're doing that right now, you know, moving with traveling as a family. And that is a thing these days. So, uh, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the thing. So your mother was probably actually well ahead of the game in that sense. Yeah, my mom, I think I am similar to my mom in that, in the way of her being very like kind of against the status quo, a bit iconoclastic, um, in certain kind of traditional values and yeah and and you're totally right chefs it's something I've actually never thought of before is the fact that gosh yeah I mean you see on Instagram nowadays you know like oh you know this people this these people buy a you know a van and they travel with their kids and their dogs and it's like tiny little van and that's and it's cool now but you're totally right you know back in the day I mean that was you know 1992 um it was not normal and you know it was and a lot of people said it was very dangerous which it probably was because there were times where we were in you know um Honduras and I remember my mom recalling this memory of we're out in the middle of nowhere in the jungle and it was me just myself you know three three or four years old and her and we came up to this gate in the middle of nowhere and there were these like five guys with machine guns guarding some something like a property or something and uh you know they could easily just shot us right then you know and but but my mom being kind of funny and resourceful she had like coca-colas in the van and um and she said she said hola guapos like hey handsome like as a joke and I'm just thinking oh my god that's so typical of her um would you like some would you like some coca-cola and they were and then they were like uh and they put down their machine guns and they had a coca-cola with her that that is actually quite funny because I'll give you a story when I go to certain countries in the world for example Middle East or for example Turkey I went to recently because they're really heavy on the smoking. I don't smoke, but I'll I'll carry a packet of cigarette because if you're looking for information, if you offer them a, a cigarette, uh-huh. they're more likely to do so. So it's actually quite um, funny that your mum offered them Coca-Cola and they're like, okay, no problem. Yeah. Then you're in with them, you see. that That's sometimes a way, a good trick. So your mum mm-hmm. also knew certain tricks at that yeah. time as well. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Very, very resourceful with the Coca-Colas, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And what, what did you, when you were traveling as a, as a young girl, did you pick up, did you know what you what was going on? Did you think to yourself, because when I was growing up, we moved from place to place, but not as much as you did, of course. But um, I didn't realize what was going on. I wasn't sure. I just thought this was part and parcel of, of life. Did you realize what was going on? You were moving from place to place. Or did you let, pick up things? Did you grow yeah. up more and did you become more independent? Mm, yeah, definitely. So I think because, I mean, literally from the time I was born in Newport Beach, we didn't even stay in our first house for three months. You know, it was like from the time I was born, it was like, bam, okay, we're off. It was like, you know, it was like my whole, you know, journey into life was, okay, well, this is going to be an adventure, you know, and I knew other kids had what was considered stable lives, lives, but I never really knew what that was. And I never knew what that meant. And, you know, so it taught me, it definitely taught me resilience and resourcefulness like my mom, but it, there's a sense of, you know, I mean, my my mom was very, um, kind of uh, last minute with things as well. Things weren't necessarily, necessarily planned. It was like, okay. I remember her saying like, when we moved to Australia, like, you know, a few months before, 
okay, well, how would you like to go to Australia? And she treated me as an adult, you know, as a little kid making these decisions. Um, and um, like, I'll never forget. I just felt like, oh, okay. It's obviously a lot of responsibility there. So I grew up really fast. It was just my mother and I. Often it was me with, you know, the adults and, you know, just all all over the world just traveling. I mean, you know, we lived in every county in coastal California and it was just constant transition. So it's almost like I got used to that so much that now my 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 big uh, challenge in life is knowing or learning how to be okay with just being in one place for more than a year. Because usually after a year or a year and a half, I go, okay, okay, what's next? <laughs> Would you say the travel bug has sort of left and you can sort of agree to stay in, in one place? Um, or do you feel as though you've been here for like, what six seven eight months now it could hit you at any time and like okay i need to move on again <laughs> <laughs> i like that how you say it. it could hit you at any time it's so true it's like, it, it can literally hit you anytime it's a drug travel is it's addictive definitely i mean i don't drink i don't you know i don't even know on a tv my addiction is traveling <laughs> so um so yeah exactly i mean i you know i traveled through and I mean, this is very contentious, but I was traveling through Spain for a month and a half during COVID. And, you know, a lot of people I know thought I was crazy and they thought, oh, what is she doing? And is it safe? And I thought, well, you know what? If I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. And, you know, obviously I protected myself as much as I could. I was taking vitamin C all the time. I was abiding by the mask rule, all these things. And at the end of the day, I thought, you know what? It's a perfect time to go out and travel because no one else is doing it. So these places are going to be empty. It's going to be beautiful. So I travel. I went to Mallorca and Menorca and all these amazing places, beautiful places that would normally be um, packed with tourists at that time. And I had the most amazing, amazing time. And so for me, it's like, you know, I, I'm very similar to you, Chefs, where it's like, you know, you get back and within a week or two, you're like, okay, let's plan the next trip. Let's plan the next thing. So, and, and like what you had asked about getting it out of your system, for me, ultimately, the, the way that I've kind of come to terms with it and got, kind of gone, okay, how am I going to deal with this? You know, I want to, I want to have a family one day. I want to have children. You know, I want to be kind of in a traditional marriage so one day. So how is this going to work? with that and I thought okay the good way to do that is to have two bases so that you'll never get bored so if people like you and I you know we can work off two bases and it's like, okay if you get bored with one you can go back to the other <laughs> that's actually very true and um and you were just mentioning that obviously you went during COVID and I think it's not many people that I've met that have traveled through COVID because they fear fear I guess of catching it um so I guess with myself, when I went, I had similar sort of people questioning me, you know, why are you going off during a pandemic? You know, how could you, how could you be so silly and stuff? And mm-hmm. I guess the, the way to answer that question, I, I get, I'm assuming you probably had similar questions. You probably answered them as well. Is well, you know what? I guess you only have one life. And I've done like six, seven months of not moving around. What is the risk? I'm t- what is it that I'm fearing? Am I fearing getting it am I fearing someone else catching it off me I'm quite a healthy guy I've, I've not caught touch wood you know any calls any flus for what is the risk and I look at the percentage and stuff and he thinks and I, I applaud a country like for example Turkey for opening up its borders because they've realized well it's going to be here we might as well live with it so and as you said as well it's probably safer to travel now because there's not many people traveling 
you know, the ironic so. thing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, all the all the planes are you know sanitized. Everything. I mean, you go to a public restroom in an airport, which would normally be disgusting, and I'm going, God, I could eat off the floor. <laughs> And what, what obviously you said you travelled through uh, to Spain, and um, what was your take then? I know you said you know it, it was safe. Um, did you did you manage to meet anyone? Because I found it difficult meeting other back. Because I love meeting backpackers, and they just weren't there. And I just found it that was a bit of a, a shame because that was the only thing I missed whilst I was away this time around. Gosh, to be honest, I usually don't meet many backpackers because I stay at Air- I love Airbnbs. That's my thing because I really like that kind of you know that real real feeling of as if you live there for that time. Um, and so I, I, what I found actually was when I was in Mallorca, especially. Um, I would walk down the street and people were just naturally gravitating towards me. And why, you know, you might go to a place where you feel a certain energy, um, where you're attracting certain things. And that's definitely how I felt when I was in Mallorca. There was a sense of, you know, I was just meeting so many people and, and um, they were mostly locals or international people who had moved to Mallorca. And I found in Mallorca, especially, people were so friendly, the international people. And I made some amazing friends while I was there who, you know, it made me feel like, oh, God, yeah that's definitely where I have to have my second base one day because it's it's such a special place and the international people are so friendly and open I found in in Palma especially obviously you just mentioned about um, people being drawn towards you talk about your work then because it's something I've not really heard of and I don't know many travelers I've heard of it you call it travel energetic so just explain to people what that involves. Essentially what it is, it's astrocartography. And that's the traditional name for it. And it was developed by a man named, well, co-developed by a man named Jim Lewis um, ages and ages ago. And it's just been under the radar uh, because it's really just held up in astrology, in the, in the realm of astrology. And why I became passionate about it was because I would travel to places and I felt so connected at a deep level to different places. And I couldn't explain it. It was like I would get off the plane, such as in London. I I remember the first time I came to London, it was just on a stopover to to Paris and I didn't think anything of it. And I was just like, okay, it's going to be a quick stopover. And I got off the plane and immediately in my in my soul. And I'm quite a spiritual person myself, but in my soul, I felt this sense of, oh my God, I'm home. In just my whole energy was like, oof, like this grounded home feeling that I've never felt in all the years, the total of nine years that I lived in Australia, my whole, you know, the rest of my life living in different places, never felt that. And, um, you know, I looked into it, I was looking into it and I, I found this astrocartography. And I ended up getting a, a reading and I thought it was amazing. And basically what it is, it's, um, you know, you, someone will, an uh, astrocartographer will get your birth data. So your time of birth, your place of birth um, and your date of birth, of course. And they have a certain software, which I use now. And basically they can see 49 different planetary lines where it's, and it's very, it's very technical and it's very strange when you look at these maps that shows all these lines. But basically, you're able to see where, say, your your sun line is, your Venus line, moon line, so all the different planetary lines. And each each of the planetary lines has an ascendant, a descendant, IC. So it's very it sounds really technical, 
But why I became passionate about doing it and and actually creating these uh, full reports for people is because I found that this this amazing amazing resource that can change people's lives, where people can actually find where they're gonna be, like the places where they're gonna feel happy, where they're gonna feel. Um, like romantic, where they're going to attract romance, attract abundance, attract opportunities, um, or the certain lines where they could feel neg- more negative um, energies, which obviously <laughs> you want to deter away from. So I, I became passionate about that because I found that I wanted to bring it into just normal consciousness. I didn't want this to be something that only people who are interested in astrology know about. But the thing is, is that in traditional astrocartography, when you get a reading, you know, it can be really kind of woo-woo and kind of a, in a more theoretical ideas. But the, the way I do it is I sit down with the person and I really find out what, what they're looking for, what, where the challenges are in their life, what they want to start manifesting, what they want to start bringing into their life. And then I can look at their chart and then I can see all the different planetary lines. And I can actually see, look, this person has had a really hard time. You know, maybe they're living on their Saturn line, which is represented by like it's what's challenge, it's upheaval, it's feeling like a lot of obstacles. Maybe they've been living on their Saturn line and maybe that influence is why they've never felt like they've attracted a lot of abundance because they're living on such in such a challenging place for them personally. So that I can go into that and I see these, the, all of their energies, energy lines around the earth. And I go, look, why don't you try this place? Why don't you try this place based on what they're looking for in their life? Um, it's, it's really fascinating stuff. So I bring it into a more kind of a more practical, more grounded, um, I guess, area so they can really use it and it can be more cha- tangible for them. And it's almost like I kind of go into some psychology as well around it. Incredible. The question I would ask is, um, I, I know you said you look into it in depth. How accurate is it? I mean, is there any scientific proof behind it or is it all sort of um, spiritual? So, you know, of course, I come up, I come upon a lot of skeptics. I would say I'm a skeptic as well. I've always been the kind of person where I want to see you know, physically how something is working. I, I can't just assume it's happening. But I also know that things are based off of feel. So you can't deny a feeling, especially when you're connected to your intuition, connected to whatever it is you feel drives you and you go to a place. There's no denying that. Like I've asked so many people, like you know, obviously I bring this up in conversation. I ask, you know, have you been to a place where you just have felt like you're completely at home for no reason? But um, on top of that, I say, look, you know, People, I, I think people like to pick and choose what they're open-minded about. And we have to remember that the planets govern a lot. I mean, even if you look at the moon, the moon, I mean, women's menstrual cycles will, you know, when we're in a completely healthy state, our menstrual cycles actually, um, they connect with the moon cycles. And it's fascinating. And the moon governs the seasons and the tides. And I mean, this one planet has such an impact on our planet and on us, you know, and it's actually been statistically proven that during a full moon, people, you know, there's more rates of of homicide, of domestic abuse, of violence um, reported by the police and more car accidents, all these things. It's really fascinating. So I just, you know, I think the thing that I'm most passionate about, because I love science, 
but I'm also spiritual. So we're coming into a time in this modern day where we're starting to realize we can, there's a science and spirituality don't have to be um, separate. It's all can, everything is connected in this earth. I think it's, it's fascinating. And I'd be quite interested in getting to know my, um, my line. And I would ask you, you said, obviously, when you landed in London, you just felt home. Has it been a place where you landed and thought, oh my God, I, I just don't know what's going on here. Um, I just, have you felt like that before? The second time, because I, I lived in Melbourne when I was a kid, when I for ninth grade with my mum. But when I came back to Australia, I came back because I um, had won a scholarship to do a programme at the University of Melbourne. And so, of course, anyone would be really excited. You know, you win the scholarship and you get into this, you know, great university. And, um, you know, Melbourne is, a, they, I think it's considered the most livable city or it was for a few years running in I think it was, was it 2000, 2016? It was around the time I was actually going to university there. And everyone loved to say, it, you know, they're like, oh, Melbourne is this and that. And I made some great connections. I mean, I have family friends there. Um, you know, it's, it wasn't all bad for me. Um, but I remember even the first time I lived there, I had some major challenges um, when I was 15, pretty major stuff that happened. When I moved back there, when I was 24, it was kind of repeating the same energy again. It was like I'd stepped back into that same really challenging energy. I felt the whole time it was really hard for me to make friends. Like I was at university, you think it'd be really easy. And it's just people, you, I just wasn't vibing with people. And they obviously weren't vibing with me. It was like being on separate wavelengths where you just go to a place and you're like, no matter how much you try to connect, it's like just not happening. <laughs> and I found out later that it was because it was my on my Pluto line. So my Pluto line literally runs straight through Melbourne. And Pluto is all about isolation and loneliness and feeling like an outcast, which is exactly how I felt the first time I lived there when I was 15. Like, I remember I, when I was 15, I had like, you know, I had, I was, I was a punk, punk rocker and I had blue streaks under my hair. And, you know, I, I kind of, I like to look different. I was really friendly, a straight A student, but I remember like all the teachers, they were just very like negative towards me and, and the kids, it was like, they just didn't like me and they called me weird which, you know, I am, but in America, if you call someone weird, it's a good thing. In Australia, if you call someone weird, it's not such a good thing. <laughs> so yeah, so I had, anyway, I had this experience and um, of, of Melbourne two times over and the same experiences happened. Feeling like an outcast, feeling isolated, wasn't making friends. Um, and even though the circumstances were good, like going to university, whatnot, I just never felt really happier at home there so that's an example of a more I wouldn't say a negative line because I don't like to say lines are bad um, because even if you live at the Saturn line which is the most challenging line we always grow from hardships right and that's what Saturn is about and it's both how you feel within yourself like you might just for no reason feel weird there but also the experiences that you will have in that place will mirror that as well so it's internal and external I think about my some of my journeys. Uh, there's been some places where I thought I just didn't connect with the cities, connect with the people, and you wonder whether it was I was going through the Pluto line, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So I need to look at my um, journeys and anyone listening, maybe you know, look at your journeys. I think well, actually yeah, that makes sense. I, I, whenever around that area, nothing ever seems to nothing ever seems to connect. So the way you've helped people. Are they mainly, you know, are they single? Are they couples? What, what types of people do you, do you tend to help? Yeah, good question. Um, so, I mean, I've gosh, I've helped, you know, single people come to to me for reports. Um, I think the most interesting 
interesting report I have ever done was a couple's report. So I had to do an individual report for, um, well, uh, for a couple. So I did two, two reports and then I was able to assess them together. And it was really interesting because it was this, um, fascinating. I love, I love doing reports for people who have traveled all over the world because they're really attuned to, Oh yep, I am aware of this place. I know how I felt at this place, etc. And, um, uh, this lovely German couple had obviously they were originally from Germany. They lived in Ireland and then they moved to to Perth, to Australia. And um, Lisa, the, the woman said, look, I want to get this report for myself and my partner because he has never been happy in Australia. It's like the second we moved here, we felt he felt like Ugh, just he didn't like it. He didn't gel with it. But she loved it. Like she was having full, like career opportunities, great salary, all these things. And she was happy and vibing with the place. No problem. Great. Like she was like, this is my favorite place in the world. And so I did the reports and her husband's name is Felix. And it was the funniest thing because like she had, you know, told me this. And then I saw the, all the, all the lines and I thought, oh my God, all of his best lines like his venus line romance his jupiter line abundance his sun line confidence and charisma mercury line um, engagement communication networking all of those lines for him were in europe all of those lines for her or a few of those best lines for her were in australia namely at perth and so i thought oh god you know and obviously they've been together for a long time they're you know they're not going anywhere separately (laughs) so how are we going to work this out and I found that he had, and at this moment, I can't recall, I believe it was a Jupiter or Sun line, because those are, to me, those are two of the best lines um, in anyone's chart. He had one right off the coast of, um, of Sydney, like Sydney, Brisbane. And I said, okay, Lisa, I said, literally the one place where he would be happy, where he would feel not only just be happy, but feel opportunities coming up and feel like in his element and feel like he's shining and happy would be near probably near Sydney or Brisbane but I said oh Sydney would be better because you know it's more dynamic and vibrant in a, a metropolis so um, they ended up moving there six months later she actually had a job um, her job uh, sorry her company um, offered to move her over and she said yep got it and she took it and he he she Lisa uh, called me uh few weeks ago saying yeah like Sydney's amazing he loves it like he's happier than he's ever been in Australia and um yeah and, and thanking me for that so do you know what the reason why I asked you whether um whether you get singles or couples mainly because let's just say if you're a single individual you're really struggling with lot with life you want to know what's what's wrong with you are you in the right place right moments uh, but it's also interesting to hear that and it's, it's more probably more of a challenging uh, like that that situation where if that, uh, one person's line is in Europe but they're you know halfway across the world what what can you do and it is more challenging in that sense that you've got to find something well they so they can both compromise now the only thing I would ask you is like with with me with feel as well I try to go to a place and and, and obviously experience it for the first time and, and feel it. Let's just say if you did something like that for someone and you said, have you ever been here? Because this is your Venus line, this is everything. And they go there and they go, actually, I don't feel any of that. Mm-hmm. Is that a bit of a, maybe, I don't know, concern sometimes? I haven't personally, um, but but it completely makes sense. And the thing is, is that, you know, these, these lines are very powerful. The energy is powerful. Now, if you look at the lines on there, so if I have a map, 
And say, for instance, my my Sunline is through London. So it goes through like Scotland, um, like Isle of Skye, down to London, down to Morocco. So the lines will run um, at like at an arc or they'll run straight down. So they're hitting a lot of places. It's not like you're just going to have like one. It's not like, okay, the only place for you that's good is going to be this one place. It's never like that. So <laughs> that would be horrible. So it's like there's always a lot of different places. So for instance, and that's a really, really good question, Chefs. So for, for instance, I've never felt that drawn to like the, like Scotland generally. And so I thought, well, I could live in Scotland because my sunline runs right through there. But I also like the culture and the, you know, the, the way of life more in London. So, you know, part of it's going to go off of our personality and part of it is going to obviously come from the planetary lines. Um, and that's why I like to have. So before I do a report for someone, I'll always have a chat with them and actually have almost like a mini interview to assess kind of what they're looking for and their personality and, you know, what they're what they're looking for in terms of the energy of a place, but also, you know, what they like and who they are as a person. So it's not just, you know, and that's, again, the difference between what I'm doing with um, travel energetics and then the original astrocartography, because an astrocartographer just gets your details and is like, right, okay, and then here are your lines and that's it. Whereas I'm like, okay, we're going to really get into into the the meat of it almost. And the other thing I should mention quickly is that, so, I mean, planetary, you know, the energetic lines, the travel energetic lines are so powerful. But in my view, the most powerful thing of all is intention. So say if someone lives on a really challenging life line and they've had a really difficult life, things just aren't working for them, but they can't move. Maybe they have kids and, you know, whatever the circumstances, they can't move. I would recommend that they work on the power of intention um, in the certain ways to overcome those certain challenges that they're experiencing, possibly based on those planetary lines, to be able to overcome those challenges because the power of intention is more uh, powerful than anything in the world. Uh, intention, affirmation, manifesting to me, number one. So again, I can work with them in that way as well. Um, so it's, there's many layers to it, but it's just, yeah, it's fascinating. And, and the, the, the last thing is, the, the other thing they could do if they can't move for whatever reason is I would find the lines where they want to, the, maybe they're like, okay, I want to manifest love. I want to manifest a romance and sensuality and beauty and all these lovely feminine things um, and say they can't move, but they have a, um, a, their Venus line in, say, Morocco. I would say, okay, bring things from Morocco into your home because that is actually going to in, almost induce that, that Morocco energy, which you would be feeling if you went there as all of those things, beauty, sensuality, romance, you'd be attracting people, attracting, you know, potential partners, sex, all these things. Um, so I'd, I'd just say, look, bring some, yeah, really cool, like, you know, maybe shawls or, or, or lanterns or, you know, even the colors or pictures of Morocco into your home because it's going to bring that in can you make your pluto line into a venus line or can it be done no, that would be amazing but no <laughs> you can't do it, <laughs> that would be so good because <laughs> i was thinking no. is, is there a possibility for it to sort of go right okay it's going to go on the other side now yeah no definitely not so the time that we're born and this is one thing um that's that was challenging when i lived in australia because on australian birth certificates they don't put the time the birth time and the birth time needs to be accurate within like 10 minutes if possible um so that's really important it needs to be specific because our lines stay the same for our whole life i want to ask you some about your your other travels in fact because obviously you said you've moved around a lot uh, anything that sticks in your mind 
I know you said Australia wasn't really your favourite. Uh, anything uh, growing up, maybe adult life as well? Obviously, you would have had a different feel when you were young to adult life. Well, to be honest, I felt like that when I was in um, in my in Mallorca. I've always felt very drawn to Spain. I feel like I've had like past lives there. I, I you know, I've had the experiences of going to Spain and actually um, getting these kind of downloads, and I call it downloads like um, almost intuition of of places that I that I went to in Andalusia, especially that god like i feel like i'd been there before um and i had this really strong connection there um and then when i went to to mallorca i was you know i rented a car and i drove around and i just felt like wow like that was the closest thing i'd ever felt um in addition to london um as if i was i was home and it was a really strong inexplicable con- connection where i was like wow if i just stayed here for the rest of my life i'd be really happy the transformative uh, experiences sometimes is what makes us into better people and I think I've had those moments um, and I've spoken about it a lot in the recent in recent months and I, I think once we've got those sort of beliefs then um, you then I, I feel as though you become a, a person where you, you can I know we talked about a lot about the energetics but sometimes you could go anywhere in the world and just fit because you've got that mentality because you've had those experiences America, well, the states, I should say. Why is it? Why was it not a place for you? It's just because obviously you are. I know you moved a lot when you were younger, but obviously it's your home. You you were born there. Why is it not a place for you then? America is an amazing place. Um, you know, I was you know California. I was mostly in California. It's beautiful. You have the mountains, the ocean. You you know the mentality there is very you know it's very progressive. Um, in general, people and all over the states, you know, it's. The, it's fascinating. My undergrad was in sociology, so I'm fascinated by cultures and how cultures develop. And America was founded on this idea of um, pick yourself up from your bootstraps, pull yourself up from your bootstraps, rather, um, manifest destiny, which is when we, you know, we landed on the East Coast, or I should say, you guys, the Brits landed on the East Coast, and then, you know, and 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 within. Um, yeah, a hundred years. There was this um, this declaration called Manifest Destiny to say, okay, now we we have the ability and the 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 right. It was we consider it the right to move to 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 migrate from the East Coast to the West Coast and through you know with our wagons and all these things out in the in the country, um, and 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 so basically the whole foundation of America was built on like independence and um, and and forging ahead, but namely independence. And I think that independence is amazing because it makes us very like Americans are very, um, you know, we're very direct people. We're very ambitious people, which is great. But what I found in America, and I never realized this until I lived out of America as an adult, but America, we, we, we work, we work to, uh, to, to, sorry, we, we live to work. We don't work to live. And any other place I've lived in, especially Australia, there's a work-life balance, which is really special. And in and America, well. work-life yeah. balance is amazing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Which is interesting, Shebs, because people think, oh, London is so crazy, which I agree, like the energy is, you know, it's it's very go, go, go. But still, I mean, and I was actually, it was interesting. I was out to, out to dinner with a lovely American girl last night. 
And I don't have that many American friends. So it was so interesting to talk to her. I, you know, I haven't been back to America in, in seven years, uh, seven and a half years since I left. So I feel very out of touch with America. But I was having this conversation with her last night and she was going, she was going, oh yeah, yeah. like, you know, there are times where, you know, she, she said she has how many days of holiday built up? It was like, it was, it was like, oh God, it was insane. It was like weeks and weeks and weeks of holiday from like, like six years of not taking a holiday. And you would never hear of that in Australia. Like in Australia, you get, you know, six, uh, four to six weeks, mostly six weeks of holiday. And the, your boss in Australia will actually be like, like, hey, mate, uh, I think you should take that, uh, you know, that, uh, that break now, you know, to, for your work-life balance. And, and in America, like you could ask your boss for a two, your two week holiday that's due. And there's a sem this semblance of, oh, yeah, maybe. And if he lets you, then you might not even you might not have a job when you get back because someone else wants that job. And you're obviously not working hard enough to to want to 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 want to have your like it's just oh it's in, it's insane. So that same ambition, which is lovely, also creates a society where everything is about work it's about like you know it's it's just a stressed stressed kind of country so I, I i love it it's beautiful it's you know i'd love to take a trip back there one day but i won't won't ever live back in america <laughs> i have to say i mean the reason why i asked that question is because i love living in england you know i this is this is my home you know i don't want to move away um i mean if i did have to choose places it it has to be reasons for it you see so I absolutely love this country, you know. Uh, I know every country's got flaws, of course it does, um, but uh, there's always going to be a connection here for me, and I, I'll happily call it my home. Um, but from, I guess, obviously from the States, I know I've got I've got loads of American friends as well. They'll tell me, when they tell me they've only got like two weeks holiday or vacation time, like, you really got two weeks? And you're right, I've heard that before where they say, I might not get it when I want to either. And you're like, well, you just work every day, you know? And you're like, well, we get national holidays, which is like every month apart from August. And like, yeah, that's still good. But then, you know, <laughs> do you really get time to relax properly? You know, you know, next thing you know, you come back, well, you might go on holiday or might go on vacation. They might call you up and go, because it's happened, apparently it's happened to people where we need you back, you know, it's falling apart. Like, well, I'm away on vacation, you know, I, I don't really care, uh, but mm. it, I've heard it happens a lot. And it just wouldn't yeah. happen, for example, here or anywhere in, in Europe or, you know, Asia or Australia. Oh, I don't know about Asia, but anywhere where there's there's like a there's like a structure to it, I would say. So um, I can understand why uh, the States wasn't for you. Um, <laughs> but as I said to you, I, we, I do have a lot of American listeners. Um, it's how it wasn't your it wasn't meant to be. And the thing is, Shrebs, like the American um, perspective is that we, you know, we grew up thinking that that America is the center of the universe. And I feel comfortable saying that because I think any American who's traveled will agree with me that, you know, it's it's almost like a bubble. And I guess you could say anywhere is like a bubble. But I think America, especially because people aren't encouraged to travel as a society, it's almost like the other, you know, there's America and then, oh, the other, you know, it's either like, ooh, strange or, or oh, that's a novelty. Like, oh, yeah, like, oh, that's a novelty. I'm going to go to go to London and then I'll come back to America. You know, it's like Disneyland. You know, it's just it's an interesting mentality in the States. And but once you break free of that and break out of that bubble, it's like, oh, my God, there's a whole there's a whole world to to experience. And it's not just Disneyland. And it's not just a novelty. It's not just strange. It's really amazing. With all the moving around, has it 
affected your love life, let's just say? It's an interesting one. I mean, I, I tend to I tend to manifest men who uh, are also, I wouldn't say travelers, um, but who are kind of, I don't mean travelers in the way of being like backpackers or, you know, nomads, but men who... Um, uh, you know, like to like to experience, like to explore. Um, it's an interesting thing because, you know, for instance, um, I'll give you the, the example of, of an anecdote. In Sydney, I was with a man who was like, uh, we, yeah, everything was working out amazingly. Um, you know, it was kind of that situation. You know, like I was saying, I believe in affirmations and I have uh, my affirmations for the kind of person I want to manifest. And I'm very clear on that. And um, And this guy like represented all of that. And like, literally, like all these affirmations, I was like, oh my God, amazing, you know? And then, but it was funny because he actually found me because of travel energetics, because he was um, looking up um, like Larakin, what was he looking up? He was looking up like Larakin um, gin. He was trying to find this like gin. And any, anyway, he came upon like my company, Larakin Travel. And um, and then we met up and then he actually met me professionally for a report. And then um, I found out he, his best lines were in Sydney. Now that's the ironic thing about it is that this man that I eventually got into a relationship with, the first meeting I knew his best place was in Sydney. <laughs> So it was, and, and that his worst places were in Europe. So it was almost like this, this irony of the universe, like, oh, we brought you two together, but you know, it, you shouldn't be in the same place. So it's like, ah, oh, why? But, um, but no, it was quite, it was quite funny, but you know, in hindsight, it's funny, I should say, but, um, but yeah, no, it was really interesting because, you know, like he knew this whole time I was with him for, for a few months, it was an intense few months, but I was with him during that time, the whole time he knew I was planning on moving to London. And I don't think he really believed me because he was probably like, oh, this girl, this woman has only been here for like, you know, a year and a half. Why would she leave? But you know, he didn't know me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, a year, a year and a half. See you later. But I, I, you know, I was, I was trying to compromise and I was like, well, look, what if I spend some, you know, half time in, in London and then half time in Sydney, but you know, he wasn't able to compromise because he had his company based in, you know, in, in Sydney. And, and so, you know, it's, I think it's hard in that way, obviously when you travel a lot to maintain relationships. And I think, I think that's why for me, you know, I think for a lot of women I've spoken to that travel a lot, you know, this is obviously an, an issue. And I think this is part of the reason why in my life I'm like, gosh, it would be amazing to find someone who is able to have those two bases. You know, usually that means a financially independent person or someone who owns their own, you know, business so that they're able to well, make their own rules. You know, they're not working for someone else who's like, you know, they have to ask permission, you know, to go somewhere. They can make their own rules. So away from your love life and your travel, uh, anything that you do to sort of, you know, relax yourself. You know, I know you said you go out for dinners and stuff. Any other hobbies you might have? I teach yoga as well. So uh, like I said, I'm really spiritual. And so I teach vinyasa yoga and kids yoga. And I back in Perth, I taught disabilities yoga and, you know, yoga for the Qantas business class lounge and corporate and all these things. But I just I love I love teaching yoga. I also do Reiki energy healing, which I'm extremely passionate about. So I combine the Reiki and the yoga together. And I do that here in, in Notting Hill. And I do private sessions for people, which is just phenomenal. And it gives a lot of, of balance to my life. Well, yeah. where do you get free time, by the way? Because you seem to be on the on the go all the time, always working as well. Yeah. I guess it's that American mentality, American mentality, isn't it? Almost in some some respects. 
It is. It is. Australia did teach me to balance out a lot, but you can only imagine what I was like before. <laughs> like it was a bit insane. I don't know how I how I survived with my Type A personality before in America. But yeah, here, you know, to me, teaching yoga and doing Reiki doesn't feel like work. Um, and and the travel energetics reports, it just. I'm so passionate about it that it doesn't feel like work to me. Like, I just, I absolutely love it. You know, I love giving back. Um, I'm going to be starting volunteering soon and, you know, teaching disabilities yoga again. And I'm just, I love it. I like, it just, it, it's it's my passion. And, you know, one day I want to have a studio again where I can do my, you know, travel energetics reports and and the yoga and the Reiki and all of that. And that's like my, you know, that's my dream to, to do, to have one day. So where do you see yourself in the next six months to a year then? I've I finally narrowed it down. I know a hundred percent that I want to end up either in 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 the UK um, or or Spain or I should say UK or Europe. You know, I, I love Spain so much, but I, I am open. Um, but you know, ideally, I would love to to just stay here in this in this region of the world. And um, you know, obviously, I, I always want to try. Like, I can't wait to. I want, really want to go to Belgium. I really want to go to the Isle of Skye. I really want to go to um, to Morocco. You know, there's obviously, you know, I have all these travel plans. But in terms of a again a base, um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing how it goes in the UK. Um, I'm on the working holiday visa here, so I have another year and a half left on my visa. So I'm just seeing how it goes. And, um, you know, in the back of my mind is always, you know, Spain, because sometimes there's, you know, ch- London gets very challenging. It's competitive. It's, oh, it's crazy sometimes. I love it, but it's crazy. And so there are times definitely where I go, okay, if it comes down to it and things aren't working as they should, aren't flowing as they should, then I'm thinking, okay, maybe, you know, to, to, tr- to try it out in Spain. Um, so that's in the back of my, of my head. But um, unlike my mother, I am choosing to, you know, wait it out in London, see how things happen, you know, lessen the pressure and see how it goes. I look forward to your journey. It's been fascinating talking to you. Um, I, I thank you again for coming on. Um, hopefully people learned a lot because I did. I certainly did. So um, I appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully I'll see you very soon because you're in London. I'm not too far. So uh, yes, exactly. hundred percent. That'd be great. I'd love that. That'd be brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you very much. You can follow my guests on all of their social media platforms. The details are in the description. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.